we're joined today by Denise of Frazier, course. Assistant Director of the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South, and Dr. John Ray Proctor, Professor of Theater and Dance here at Tulane University. They're going to talk to us about the upcoming event, Women and Movement Number 8, African-American Women Affecting the Arts in New Orleans. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for Thank having you. us, Theo. So first off, Denise, I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South and also about the Music Rising program that sort of is the umbrella that this event is taking place under. Yes, thank you. Um, thanks for uh, your time and to all your listeners. Uh, the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South at Tulane, um, we believe in illuminating the challenges of our time, which um, is white supremacy and the climate crisis. And all of our programming is based on the belief that the more we understand where we are, the more fully we can engage in our democracy and collective destiny. And so that, that's our overall um, big value. Um, but we're an interdisciplinary place-based institute that was founded in 2011. And we live under the umbrella of the School of Liberal Arts at Tulane. And um, our center's mission rests on the three pillars, which are research, teaching, and community engagement. And we're very happy to connect with Dr. John Proctor from theater department to uh, fulfill these three pillars in, in one event, which is African-American women affecting the arts in New Orleans. Great, and Dr. Proctor, could you talk a little bit about the, the sort of the series of events and how it came about and, and maybe how it's evolved over the years? Absolutely. Um, thank you again for having me. Um, my name is uh, Dr. John Ray Proctor. I'm in the Department of Theater and Dance, as we uh, talked about before. Um, I'm in my fifth year here at Tulane University. Uh, probably about three years ago, I got, uh, I moved, five years ago when I moved to New Orleans, I was inundated by the rich culture and the rich history. Um, I'd been in Chicago before this, and so being in the Deep South was, was a brand new experience for me, and being in New Orleans was a brand new experience for me. When I got here, I was blown away. I was impressed by the women who were creating the art in this city, specifically the African-American women who were creating the art in this city. And I was hoping uh, that we here at Tulane um, could develop um, develop a space to acknowledge, celebrate the work that the women who have been here have been doing. Uh, I've been I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days. The way men, uh, the outlet for men celebrating the arts in New Orleans, and we have a lot of men here in New Orleans that we celebrate. But I specifically wanted to find a way to honor and recognize the women who have celebrated the work that they've done here. Um, so about three years ago, I came to um, Denise Frazier and Rebecca Snedeker of the Center for the Gulf South, and we had a conversation and they said, we are willing to partner with you to make this happen. Um, we approached um, Lauren Turner, who is the director and founder of the No Dream Deferred Theater Company. Uh, we asked her if she would moderate. Uh, in the first year, we went to Dr. Stella Jones of the Stella Jones Gallery, um, who's an art, art, art historian and a curate. We talked to fiction author, Lady Hubbard. We spoke, spoke to uh, the musician, Margie Perez, or is it Margie Perez? I, I always say it wrong. Please forgive you, me. You said it correctly, Margie. Thank you, Margie Perez. Uh, and, and then we approached uh, set designer and graphic designer, Brianna Taylor, and we invited them onto ca campus um, sort of just to talk about the state of art in New Orleans at that time. 
in our second year, which was wildly successful, uh, we got the directors of performance. We got Gia Hamilton of the African-American History Museum. We got uh, Stephanie McKee Anderson of Junebug, of the Junebug Theater Company. Uh, we got uh, Asali Van Ecclesiastes of the Ashe Center. And we got Keisha McKee of the, is it K&M Dance Studio. Um, and we talked about what it was like to be the people who were creating content that live content that appeared on stage in front of the city of New Orleans. Um, there's a there's a a line in New Orleans. Um, is it always you know culture? How do we define culture? Is it upper class? Is it? Mm -hmm. And 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 it's weird in New Orleans. There's always a this this whether people acknowledge it or not, sometimes there's a divide between black and white in New Orleans, right? So we specifically went to uh, the women who were creating black art for primarily black community, uh, communities. That was a part of our goal. Um, and, and I think we had a, a brilliant and successful uh, conversation last year. Um, again, this year we have invited back Miss Lauren Turner uh, and this year she will be interviewing Miss Doreen Ketchens uh, of the Doreen, Miss Doreen Jazz Ensemble who plays on Royal Street in the quarter. Uh, we got Queen Charisse, Queen Charisse Harrison Nelson, the Maroon Queen. Uh, she will be one of our guests. We also have musician Miss Joy Clark and then um, local New Orleans uh, uh, guitarist, I believe. Am I wrong, Denise? Mm -hmm. Guitarist, mm -hmm. thank you. And then we have Ms. Diane Mack of WWNO, who is a who is a art curate, if you will. She creates art programming on her show. So we are thrilled and excited to have all of these people here joining us to this this year. While last year we were looking at uh, if you will, the institutions and mm -hmm. art and culture. This year, uh, I think we're taking our focus on what is that live performance space that happens on the streets of New Orleans, if you will. So it's a much more, uh, the, the discussion about uh, this year's discussion, we are hoping uh, will focus much more on what is that live or lived experience that's happening in the moment in the heat, in the summer heat of New Orleans, what's happening during Mardi Gras? What is what does that feel like, and why is that different and significant from what we were doing last year, which is in the buildings and in in the institutions? So that's what we're that's what we're hoping for this year. There's sort of a I, it's, I'm so excited about this. I'm thinking about how great last year's installment was, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation and sort of the like free association that is coming into my mind even is thinking about, you know, what the sort of different place that we're at now from last year, even regarding like institutions as physical spaces that we can even enter uh, and, and the relevance of institutions when they don't have giant buildings to like control our gaze. And, um, and so it's, I'm really, I don't know, something that you're making me think of in your, in, in what you just said is, is thinking about how do we pay attention to this sort of like, cultural production that can can happen outside of, of finance, like, you know, controlling institutions and how to pay attention and harness that in this moment where they feel less relevant than ever in a lot of ways. One of the things that I think is wildly significant about what you just said is um, New Orleans is a city that caters to the idea of tourism. Mm -hmm. Not even just the idea, like tourism for real. Mm -hmm. um, and so much of it is the relationship between an artist in the moment outside 
and that tourist experience. How much of that is, you know, I think it gets to be both authentically New Orleans and it gets to be you pay there's a there's an element of you pay me for my art because it, I am worthy of like that's there's a there's a certain amount of of things that we get to deal what does it mean that freedom of space what does it mean the, like institutionally here in academia we tend I don't ooh, I'm about to get in trouble I was gonna <laughs> say we tend to devalue but I don't think it's devalue I think it's value and to evaluate differently mm -hmm. artists, art that is temporal, art that is done in this moment and it stops existing after this moment. We, because we can read um, art that happens within buildings because it stays there much like in a museum, we can look at it. There's something beautiful, beautiful about New Orleans in that we create art that exists with this ephemera in this moment and then it is gone. And the next moment you're getting something new. Every second line parade, every uh, every street corner musician, every Mardi Gras parade, every one of those performances by the Mardi Gras Indians, it's, it's part of the ephemera. Mm -hmm. Once it happens that one time, it doesn't exist in that same way, in that same moment any longer. And I think that's the cool part about what we're doing with this year's panel. We're talking about the way it exists right here. And I think because we live in a time, because we're living in the time of the pandemic and because of COVID, we are forced to reflect in a brand new and interesting way about what it means to be stuck in a moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, I'm really excited about. Dr. Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> Art I, emoji, mind blown. Just go on and on. Sorry, that's great. I'm enjoying it. I, I mean, but really, you know, it 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 resists objectification. You know, I mean, I think there's this way where it's like, you know, when you can't have a million tourists yes. come to, you know, whatever muses like it you don't have this this objectification of culture or this like definition of the of permanent narratives as being what matter well okay see and and that it's what, what i think is cool about that is i think there's an embracing of objectification but only for this moment mm -hmm. like the, the, we we don't like mm. in this version of objectification we're not this thing that gets commodified. Mm -hmm. We can't hold it in place and we can't make it be this thing that we're trying to buy in this moment, mm -hmm. right? You are, I think in this, there's an appreciation. Like I, I think I resist the word objectification. It's 100% the right word, but we, it, but it's forcing us to re-examine our relationship. We don't have agency as the consumer of the object in street performance. We don't have the, we are, our role is to sit and appreciate. Our role is to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Our role is to be thankful and grateful that we were able to appreciate and be a part of this moment. Mm -hmm. But then we, the audience, move on. That artist, that creator stays there and rev, we have to go to them. Mm -hmm. Like they have more agency and more power in that moment if that makes any sense. So it's not that I'm, I'm not fighting with you at all about the word objectification, but I think that we have to also, also introduce our idea and understanding of agency. Yeah. I think the street performer, I think the performer like Miss Ketchens, like Miss Doreen Ketchens, we go to see her, mm -hmm. we go visit her house 
And that's a part of the nature of tourism in New Orleans. We, we, you are visitors. You are visitors and we are sharing our beauty and our art with you. But at the end of the weekend, you going home. Mm -hmm. This is still my house. I think there's a part of that that's, a part, that's included in the performance. In the, it's, it's in the Mardi Gras performances that, that, uh, Ms., that Queen Charisse will talk to you about. Mm -hmm. it's, in, it's in what Joy Clark is doing. Mm -hmm. And I think Diane, uh, Diane Mack is important because we need readers of that culture. Mm -hmm. We need shapers yeah. and curates of that culture. We need people who live here, who are, who are cataloging and recording and discussing art because, because we're that too, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. That's my thought. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think that that point about, you know, modeling the sort of role, like, like the way that things, I mean, I, maybe I'm stuck on talking about institutions, but the way that things are documented matters, um, you know, and the way that you model a relationship to that invitation to come into, come into one's cultural home and, and see it and go, you know, it really matters what the framework for that is. And so the idea of, you know, a local journalist who, who has these relationships and isn't just saying, you know, I feel like there's these notorious stories about New York Times reporters coming to New Orleans and saying that nobody's ever heard of kale or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> like it does some of that modeling in that case or something. Yeah, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry, Denise, go ahead. Oh, just what you said, Dr. Proctor, really struck with me um, about the importance of the time, the current time, and how street performance is a lot of what we've been consuming as we've been quarantined, um, whether that's through uh, the protests over the summer from the, um, the, the killings of innocent um, men of African descent uh, to women. men and women of African descent. Yes, thank you. And um, to protests related to um, rents at City Hall, mm -hmm. um, to the insurrection, the Capitol, and so all of that also represents a kind of street performance that we're um, that we're privy to, and and I'm very interested in how um, the panelists frame um, what is going on in the streets, socio politically, and how that relates to what what they do, and how's the pandemic also shifted their their work. New, but New Orleans, and one of the, that's not about, thank you, this is a yes and. New Orleans and that performance, yes, politics, all the time, yes. What, what's happening with the riots and the protests, I get it. Um, what I think is cool about New Orleans is how we're also responding to, to the pandemic. The house floats that are going up all around, where you're allowed to be a visitor and see this moment. Um, but the other thing that's happening in New Orleans that is, that is, I think, true to the spirit of New Orleans are how, like in Audubon Park, on Sunday morning, there's a group of people who come out and socially distance play, play music. You can listen to a jazz outside in the park. The way New Orleans has always involved musicians, players gonna play. Like the new, they, they're outside <laughs> and they are in the streets. And sometimes is it, is that music a palliative for the soul? And I think here it is. Um, I remember at some point in time in the middle of the summer, uh, there was a block 
and there were seven, six or seven uh, horns or trumpeters. It wasn't just trumpeters, but they were all brass instruments and they all stood on street corners and they played, I think, in, in one of the, uh, I think it might've been July 4th. So there was this, so there's this music and outside, in what way is music or performance a palliative in a way in New Orleans that it might not be in other country or in other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And it's, but, and that's the thing. It's not just performing for, it's also healing. New, there, were, there were protests in New Orleans, but our response was markedly different than the response in Seattle. It was very mm-hmm. different than the response in many places. Mm-hmm. We still have Black Lives Matters protests that happen on Carrollton and on Napoleon. I drive by them. Sometimes I get out and join them every night. Mm-hmm. And so we, we are engaged in, we, we are still politically active and we are still politically engaged as is the rest of the country. But I think we're doing something slightly different. It's possible mm-hmm. that New Orleans and its relationship with outdoors um, holds a much longer healing history. That's just my guess. Yeah, it makes me think about Queen Charisse Harrison Nelson and her protests um, for Black Lives Matter and how she has taken on the persona of uh, a a shaman. and how she wears different masks and outfits to, to do her protests and beckons other people to join her. And, and I don't think has stopped, May, maybe to get ready for this carnival season, but yeah. It's, yeah, and it, like, I think we're part of such an interesting time. Queen Cherise uh, identifies as the Black Lives Matter shaman, if you will. And so when we end up with this other version, if you, Please forgive me for invoking his identity even, but the Q, a non-shaman who stormed the Capitol. What this gives us is the opportunity to look at the two instances of those, those representations of shaman next to each other, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We, can, we can take a moment and whereas Queen Charisse invites you to participate, invites you to be a part of her ritual, I'm fascinated when I read the the QAnon guy who calls himself a shaman. I'm fascinated by the way in which he builds a wall. So he is an object that you can look at. There is no invitation to join him. Mm -hmm. He's a thing that you can look at and she is vastly different. So Mm -hmm. in some way, I think he disrespects what that word is, Mm -hmm. but that's just me and my politics. I'll let that go. I agree. (laughs) Um, well I'm really enjoying this conversation and unfortunately we're about to push against our time so I want to make sure we have a second to um, to talk a little bit about the timing for this upcoming event and how folks can learn about it and how folks can follow the stuff that um, that the center and um, and your department Dr. Parker are working on. So um, African-American women affecting the arts in New Orleans uh, will be broadcast digital, digitally and virtually on February 5th, 2021 at 11 o'clock a.m. Denise, will you tell them how to get to the links? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. 
Um, you can find links that will take you to this event on the social media pages for New Orleans Center for the Gulf South. So please visit us at NOLA Gulf South on Instagram and Facebook. And then we're also on Twitter at NOCGS. Um, but if you feel more comfortable, send us an email. Um, you can email, email us at gulfsouth at tulane.edu. And that's how you can find more information. Excellent. Well, Dr. Denise Frazier, Dr. John Ray Proctor, thank you both so much for talking today. I can't wait for this event. Thank you, Theo Hamilton. Thanks, Theo. Okay.